Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone or in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, which is where we are at today. Uh, 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors or Indianapolis, Indiana. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. A loaded show for you today. Uh, as we mentioned yesterday, Big Country, and I just kind of decided, you know what? Why not? Why not go to the NFL Combine? Why not make the 10-hour drive to <laughs> Indianapolis, Indiana? Is that all it was? I think so. <laughs> it went by pretty fast, actually. <laughs> it, it was, that's truly what it was. Yeah, it went by really quick. It was all interstate driving for us, but uh, we were able to get in town last night. Here's some of the rumors, some of the rumblings that are going on. Uh, we'll talk about those today. We have a couple mock drafts that have been released within the last week. I, I think it's interesting to look at those before the combine and then after, because a lot will change over these next couple days. And then we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more NFL combine, except for this time for the regular people, for the average Joes like you and I. What would be combine events for regular working class people? Uh, so we'll do that in our last segment of the day. But I, I think some of the big news, at least uh, a lot of the big talk here in Indianapolis is about contracts still. And uh, one in particular is Kyler Murray and, and his contract. It really feels like that deal is is being worked on. I, I know that the you know Monday episode we were talking about Kyler Murray and his agent releasing uh, a manifesto. I don't even know what to call it. An article of what they want. <laughs> <laughs> a blog. Yeah. Um, I, so um, that is in the works. And I, I think that we're going to see Kyler Murray get that deal done. It does feel like they're working together on it. And like I said, a lot of rumblings here in Indianapolis about it happening. Now, we saw, we haven't talked about it, but uh, Cliff Kingsbury was already able to get his deal yeah. done. I, I think just reading the tea leaves, Arizona is going to keep this thing together. I'm not a, a huge fan of the way that Kyler Murray and his team handled the, the article release or anything like that. I mean, he's only been eligible for an extension for like two weeks. <laughs> I was going to say like seven days. Right. Like, it, <laughs> it's it's, it's not, not been very long for him at all. Yeah, he could not negotiate a contract until this offseason. And then, um, you know, the agent releasing the article – and pretty much calling for like, hey, ball's in your court now, Cardinals. Like, we want to get a deal done. <laughs> yeah, can can we wait just a little bit? <laughs> it's, and it's just one of those deals where you sit here and you look at it for Arizona, and it's it's almost worrisome that, I know we talked about it on Monday, that Kyler Murray wants a contract so quickly. Yeah. I mean, I know it ended bad. The season was off to a hot start, and the second half of it was not good. People have kind of pointed that to be maybe that's Cliff Kingsbury as himself. So right. the fact that it's like bang bang signed both of them, record. yeah, Cliff it's just, starting the season. It's kind of one of those deals where I don't know if you know I should be concerned, but it's definitely something that's got my attention. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at it, I've noticed it. Mm-hmm. If you're Arizona, how do you feel about it? Because I mean, I'm sure as a fan base, like man, we're just getting real excited, and just when I think like oh it's going to fall apart, they win that extra game, and it's like hell yeah, let's go. And then it's the next week where they suck. Or I shouldn't say suck; it just comes crumbling down. 
you're dealing with injuries, you know, either side of the ball. And I know that's part of football. But then when you look at Kyler's, I mean, what's going on here? And it doesn't help that that Manning casting clip, and I, I feel like that's where everyone goes to, is where you got Russell Wilson's like, hey, I'm up talking to my yeah. teammates, like we still got a chance, and then it goes to him, and he's just sitting there. And it's, it's not that he was like pouting, but he's just sitting there with his look on his face like, man, I just can't get anything going today. And if your quarterback has that look on his face, I don't feel like that's a positive. No. And, you know, uh, at the beginning of the offseason, that was a lot of the talk with Kyler Murray is that they don't like the – Leadership, and when I say they, I mean the the team, his teammates, the the coaching staff, the front office, the Cardinals. They don't like his style of leadership, which I don't. I don't know that he should have to be the leader, but you are the quarterback. Like that is kind of. I feel like that's just the the given role. Like yeah, if you're the quarterback, the description. If you're going to be the franchise guy, you better be a leader. Yep. And uh, and he has to, and he he just really has. He's never been that like rah rah guy, and the body language has been kind of bad on the sidelines. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not his biggest fan, so I know it will come off a little bit biased, um, but that's just I, I think it's also a fact that him kind of sitting and almost looking like he's pouting on the sideline in the fourth quarter. It's not going to get it done, especially when your team's trailing. You're like trying to come back. You have to have a certain type of body language, and. If you don't have it, your team's just probably not going to be successful in those moments. Or when you take a big uh, hit or a sack in the fourth quarter and you're still kind of down and mopey. Yeah. It's hard to rally the troops when you're that guy that is down and mopey all the time. Um, do I think that will affect the uh, Cardinals and their negotiations? Not really. I think eventually he, he'll be back there. He'll be with the Arizona Cardinals. They're not going to let him go. Yeah, I mean, because it's also one of those deals, too, where you look at it and go, all right, let's say they move on from Kyler. They're not going to pay him. What are you going to do? Who are you going to go find that has an excellent, you know, 13-week stretch in the NFL and then crumbles later on? I'm sure there's other guys there, but it's going to be hard to find someone that has the 13-week stretch. That's part where the Cardinals are like, yeah, I guess we can give this guy some money. And then the next question is just how much money are they willing to pay him? Like, what kind of deal is Kyler looking for? Is he wanting like a Dak Prescott type of deal? You know, I just want that four-year. I want to try and go get another contract where I can get paid again. Yeah. Or do I want this Patrick Mahomes contract where I'm locked up and I'm I'm here? I don't have to worry about the possibility of you moving on without me. Or you know, two years from now where the team's probably in a, another rebuild mode, and you guys are like, ah, actually, we can move on from Kyler too if we need to. If there's a new regime in, if things keep continue to struggle, because we heard rumors last year that the owner was upset that he was like vocally and visibly upset with Cliff Kingsbury. I was like, how in the world are we just doing awful the second half of this season? Kyler's like, maybe he has the mindset of like, lock me up long-term. Don't even have to worry about that. Make me the guy. Make me know that I'm the guy. I'm going to, I'm going to put a bold take out there. I think that the contract that they're looking for is going to be record breaking, but it's not going to be the length that Patrick Mahomes contract is. You think he resets the market? I, I think that's what they're looking for. Wow. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I'm i going to put it out there, $300 million over six years. Wow. That's $50 million on average. That's math. You were a math teacher. Look at you. I am. Yeah. I was trying to do it in my head and could not figure it out. So thank you for actually saying that. <laughs> I, I think that they're going to go record-breaking. It, that's kind of the part of negotiation, too, though. Yeah. You come in high. Oh, you absolutely. Don't come in with, <laughs> you, don't, you don't ask the what's your budget question. No. Forget about the budget. No. You set the budget. That's a joke. People don't really do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that's kind of the starting point that they're going for. You don't come in and ask for Patrick Mahomes' money. 
You see if they're willing to give you more than that. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, ah, okay, yeah. Well. I mean, it's the thing. You are worth whatever someone's willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm worth $600 million over six years, or $300 million over six years, yeah. <laughs> what and up? Even with That's you know, better Arizona than- Cardinals, they, they didn't give up a lot of picks to get him or anything like that. But they moved on from a top 10 quarterback in Josh Rosen. Well, he was picked top 10. He necessarily wasn't himself. Yeah, yeah, but saying, I, I can't say you, you're worth what someone's willing to pay you and then call Josh Rosen not a top 10 pick. You were. Yeah, he, he was he a top was. 10 pick, they and they moved on away. from him. It was the right move. But, I mean, even at the time, it was pretty risky. And they haven't had a lot of quarterback success there until Kyler Murray came along. And I would assume that if you're going to re-up with Cliff Kingsbury, that there are probably talks of, like, yep, Kyler's my guy. That's the whole reason why this thing happened was because Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the foundation piece. I don't think you're going to move on from it after four years or so. So I, I do. I think that Kyler Murray and his, his agent and his group, his team, I think they're going to come in strong. They're going to come in high. I'm not. It might get worked down a little bit lower, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a six-year deal. I think that gives him time to also, you know, Get another big contract. How old is he? 24? Twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. So I mean, another big contract. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Quarterbacks are playing to well past thirty five now. So mm-hmm. you'll sign another five year deal somewhere, or maybe in Arizona. See if he does. If <laughs> 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 he can make it to. That you got to make it to the end of the six year first. You got to right. make it to thirty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, a lot going on uh, with him. There's a lot of Carson Wentz talk going on in town as well. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think, is just talks and reports that you've kind of already probably heard about. But, I mean, I don't think that there's any chance he's the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. It's definitely – it's not looking that way, and it is not sounding that way whatsoever. And if you're Carson Wentz, three years, three teams, not good, dude. No. And, like, I know we've played this game with all the other quarterbacks. Like, what's a good landing spot? I don't know with Carson Wentz because a good team is not going to be like, eh, we're willing to risk it. Yeah, and with him, he he almost needs coddled a little bit. I can remember having this discussion last year with the Colts when he got traded yeah. and talking to you and even Matt as well. If this doesn't work out with him and the Colts, he's done for. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, people were saying, you know, he was needed to be coddled in Philadelphia, and I just didn't want to believe it. I was like, this an NFL quarterback. Some people just don't respond to being critiqued. I don't know if it's being – it's just like it almost seems with him as like he just needs to be encouraged to be better. It's not like they're trying to say you're not good. It's just like he needs to hear, hey, you are good, man. Like you're the guy over and over and over. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Yeah. You're worthy you know, enough. People like you. God still loves you. But I don't I don't know with Carson Wentz. It's I don't either. But him. He's a guy that I do root for, but I don't think he's good at football. So here's the thing. I'm going to root for a guy, but if you embarrass me – I don't like you anymore. What if he's embarrassed you multiple times? Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. This guy's a little bit of an embarrassment. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, you don't have to feel too bad for him. He's guaranteed to make $15 million this year. I mean, you can give me a million of that and we'll call it even. You know, like, I don't, you embarrass me all you want. You give me a million dollars. I mean, he's probably got some issues with you jumping off the train. Well, I never, I didn't jump off the train. The train jumped off the tracks, dog. Oh, yeah? You just can't handle it. I, I jumped off the train. Let me be honest. I can't go back and forth on yeah, that. <laughs> I jumped off the train, but I was still riding alongside it on the horse, just hoping in case something good would happen. Because I thought it might have been me. I thought I was the problem. 
because that's the type of guy I am. It's like, I, I just assume if something's not working, it might be because of me. A little self As we've established over the last couple of days, you are Mr. Don't Drop a Take. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing. You might not wear it on your sleeve, but you're going to keep it in your back pocket to be like, ah, I told you. And then when it goes wrong, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I gave that up a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but Carson went to landing spots. I don't know. And honestly, I don't know if there are any starting landing spots for him. I think that might be the reality that he has to face. I mean, now. even if you're the commanders, do you want Carson? Do you want to move? Do you want to do Carson Wentz? Do you want to play that? Yeah, do you want to take that risk? I yeah. mean, the Colts took that risk, and it worked out. It worked out for a while, but not because of Carson Wentz. It worked out because they found Jonathan Taylor in that running game, yep. and they got. I mean, he got really lucky too with a lot of those pass interference, like deep shots to Pittman. Yeah. So, like, you look at those situations too, and it's like, well, okay, you know, Carson Wentz. Might not have had a ton of passing yards, but he had about a 70-yard uh, defensive pass interference call go his way. Put them in position for Jonathan Taylor to go score. And I'm not giving credit to anyone there, but the you know the Zebras, good job on them making the right call. It was like Carson Wentz is like, you're stupid enough to miss throw that to where like he luckily got a call? And there are, that happens there are a lot so of many times. Teams. Yeah. And I don't know that any of them are willing to take that risk. To have him, like to bring him in and be like, okay, you are the guy. You are the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. I think even if teams like the Commanders, the Steelers, the Bucks, if teams like that bring him in, it's still going to be as a, hey, come compete. You know, you can come compete with Mason Rudolph, which might not seem like much of a competition. How I about, actually think it would be. How about the guy that uh, is going viral again with his workout clips, old Jameis Winston? What's my no, trainer always tell me? Just be prepared. Yeah. He looks like he's well prepared right now. You know, honestly – Considering he just had, what was it, an ACL surgery? Mm-hmm. Probably not that long ago. He's running again. He's already... Did you see that scar on his knee? Working out. Oh, those those are nasty scars. God, it's like covers a whole freaking knee. It's like down to the Yeah, right knee. up the front. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jameis is kind of getting... People are trying to make fun of him. I just wish he'd get like a real trainer. Yeah, it's weird because like a lot of his workouts and stuff, people will make fun of it. I think the workouts are okay. I think that his body movement is just weird. It's awkward. His face is too serious. It, like, for him to be an athlete, he doesn't move like an athlete. Yeah, that's a I good mean, point. And he was a two-sport athlete in college. He Stud. played baseball, baseball yeah. and very good baseball player. But when he moves, he does not look like a guy that is an athlete. <laughs> what the, what's that guy doing out there? He's not an athlete. Oh, he threw a very accurate ball downfield. All right. <laughs> Oh, it was intercepted. Though. <laughs> yeah, and it's going the other way. Touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, with him, I, I would assume he's going back to New Orleans. I would think that just kind of seems like a good landing spot for him. There, Honestly, there might be even some a little bit of competition with Jameis Winston as, as far as teams go. As you, uh, Yeah, I tried to swallow my spit and I choked on <laughs> Excuse oh, me. But you're like a team like the Steelers, that, that should be the top quarterback spot. They should be able to pick any free agent quarterback. Oh, want. 100%. With their receivers, the running back, fixed up. I mean, and that includes Deshaun Watson. Like, that's a name we can't forget right now. It's like, we still, it's March. We were supposed to hear in February, right? Yeah. Talking about that for about six, eight months now. And the Dolphins came out, was it yesterday or the day before? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. And it said that they've closed that door, that they're not going to go in that direction. I, I think do you believe smart. it? Yeah, I do. I don't know if I do. I don't know if this, I look at it as like one of those tactics. I'm like, we're just going to tell everyone we're done. So they start to look the other way, and it's like, bam, we're back. Uh, a little sneak attack almost. Yeah, we've, we've seen that a lot with teams. And yeah. Like the Giants have said it with like Daniel Jones. Like, oh, no, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. But I do believe that the Dolphins have looked at it and said, nope, let's try to build around Tua. 
Let's give him a fair shot. I mean, Tua has not played well, Mm -hmm. but he's also up against Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, who were drafted in the same class as him. So he is going to look worse than those two guys. They've been special over the last two years. Tua also doesn't have anyone to throw to. They have no running game. The he, offensive line has yeah. not been good. I mean, people might argue, like, oh, Jalen Waddle. Like, that was it, though. This is yeah, the one, one year. year. Yeah, and it's like, look what happened. Look right. decent. You go on, what was it, a seven, eight-game win streak to get to even? Yeah, Almost even just Jaylen barely missed the playoffs? Like, he's going to be good, but your best receiver is a, a rookie receiver? Yeah, Devontae Parker had one good year. The other big receiver, is it William, Preston Williams? Yeah, but like, exactly. Like, they just can't stay healthy, like, yeah. Who is it? And Gusecki, the tight end, he's been pretty good. I like him a lot, but I would just like to see him be more consistent. Like that's my thing with like, I feel like every year you and I both going to finish football. Like, oh, Gusecki's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. And every season it's like, okay, yeah, I mean he has a decent year, but it's not like one of the top tight ends in the league. No, there. Are, I mean there are a lot of good tight ends in the league. Oh, for sure. But there's there's that drop off though. You know what I mean? Where you get like the top three or four, and then it just falls off. It's seventy catches last year for seven hundred eighty yards. That's a decent year. And two touchdowns. The I'd two be happy with that. Low. But I, I do think that another year with Tua, I, I think Tua might just be like a slow learner. Well, that and just developing. yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. I just mean, takes a little bit. Jalen Hurts at Alabama. Yeah, but when he played, stud. Until, yeah, he got in, and eventually he did. But was it mean, about his third year at Alabama? Say what? Was it about his third year at Alabama? That was his first year. Tua. Tua came in as a freshman in that's the national right. championship. That's right, that's right. And then it started his second year. Yep. But maybe he's just a guy that needs a little bit of time in the NFL. He, like I've always said, he was comped to Drew Brees. Drew Brees took a lot of time in the NFL before he was actually good. I mean, they drafted Phillip Rivers to replace him. They didn't give him enough time. So maybe the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel, maybe they're just saying, hey, let's give this guy some time. Yeah. This was, I mean, there were debates about whether or not to take Joe Burrow or Tua in the draft that year. And now you're just going to give up on him you know, two years later when you've surrounded him with no talent whatsoever. <laughs> and, you know, we tried and to, now, yeah, now tried to draft starting. some offensive linemen. Didn't go so hot. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, maybe Mike McDaniel can get that running game going. Like, I don't, I don't know that they need to invest in a running back. But if yeah, they can get that Just find coach, someone who can not fumble the football and follow the game plan. I'm excited to see what Mike McDaniel does in Miami. He seems like such a Miami guy, too. Like he just has that vibe of he's going to he's going to love Miami. I feel okay saying that we ran into Mike McDaniel last night, and he is a much cooler dude than I thought he was going to be. Like the whole interview, like Mike Jones, who? Uh huh. That's literally who he is in person. Like I so bad just want to be like Mike Jones, <laughs> right? Because like I finally get the reference too. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't even very familiar with Mike McDaniel throughout the season and stuff like yeah. that. Like I knew who he was, but. Until, like, the end of the season, I didn't know anything about him. He's a pretty cool dude. He's, he's got a fan in me now. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. He's got a sense of humor, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a funny dude. Little dude. Everyone wanted to talk to him. I mean, get it. I get it. You're an NFL head coach. Everyone wants to talk to you. But, like, I feel like some of the other head coaches over there weren't getting this type of attention. Yeah. But even with Mike McDaniel, though, like, he had no problem just, like, stopping and talking yeah. to people. <laughs> it's like other guys, you see them, and you're like, hey – introduce yourself, try to have a yeah. conversation with them. And you can tell they're just talking to you for a little bit to get out of there. Yeah. Mike McDaniel's not that guy. No, he stopped. He's like, yeah, I got to pee, but I'm, I'm going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, and he did swing back by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, 
it is cool, like being in Indianapolis, getting to see all the faces of people, and be like, all right, man, I'm used to just seeing you on TV. I'm used to seeing you this setting, and then you see them trying to like facilitate their way through a group of people, and it's like, ah, you're struggling. <laughs> Not good at the old, hey, excuse me, pat by. I feel like I've got it down pack, man. I can squeeze through. I make eye contact with someone, or I just give them like a little tab, like, hey, excuse me, just trying to squeeze on by, man. Like, oh, my bad, excuse me, gotcha. A lot of people make the mistake of trying to do it silently. Yeah. Just use your manners and say, I, I'm, hey, excuse me. I am very vocal because I the one thing I don't want is me to bump someone and they turn around like, yo, what's your fucking problem, dude? Uh-huh. Like, no, excuse me, man. Hey, my bad. Oh, <laughs> sorry there. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I will say, hey, big guy, night, let me through. Thanks, boss. Uh, being in the bar that we were in, there were a ton of NFL people there, and it's that's not like a brag or anything. Yeah. What was weird is I felt tall in there last night. I did feel like a giant. Now, there were some other people that I saw, and I was like, well, you're actually really tall. It was like, I feel like I'm broader than you. Yeah, but, I mean, you get guys like uh, Mike McDaniel, small. Yeah. Small guy. Uh, Deuce Staley was in there, small mm-hmm. guy. Yep. I don't want to name drop everybody that was yeah. in there. But, I mean, it was weird. I'm Another guy As who, we've talked about, yeah. I'm average height. Yeah. Last night, I felt tall, though. NFL coaches are getting smaller. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're not they were they're not players. <laughs> Sean McVay, very influential. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> short guy has some guy. success. Let's go find some more of those. Uh, you know, another short guy though that there's a lot of buzz about is Adam Schefter, which Ooh. usually he is the guy that is feeding the buzz. Yeah, let you know what the buzz is. The buzz isn't about him. Now the buzz is about him. Ooh, and there there are talks that maybe, um, and I, these were rumors a while ago. I think it's. You know, you get everybody in the NFL together and things start to resurface. Yeah. But there were reports a couple months ago of he might leave ESPN because there are places like BetMGM and FanDuel and some of these other gambling sites yeah. that are going to make a run at Adam Schefter. And it sounds like those are pretty legit rumors now. Yeah. And I mean, and it definitely feels like in a couple of years, probably sports gambling is going to be legal, you know, mm-hmm. within the next, like more nationwide, probably not every state, but. More welcoming, and I mean, there's clearly so many broadcasts and segments about it in terms of shows. Mm-hmm. We do it, it in the season be something as well. That you couldn't talk about. Yeah, and now it's like if you're not talking about the spreads or betting or anything like that, the overs. What are you talking about in sports? Like right. it has become such a focal point of it within the last three years, I think, since I started doing this. That when you look at chapters, like you got some of these casinos that have all this money because people are making stupid bets and parlays. <laughs> I am one of them. They, yeah, they can afford to pay Adam Schefter whatever he wants. And it's like we talked about uh, the other day with even like Amazon. Yeah, Amazon has a shitload of money. Like ESPN, Disney, they're doing well for themselves. They don't have that gambling money. Yet. Amazon runs the world. Yep. So like, I had to look up some profits that they made. <laughs> Wanted to puke. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, I love the graphs. I'm a very visual person, mm-hmm. so you can put the number up there, and it's like, oh, they made like. $400 billion. But when they represent that, and they're like, this is a big stack of cash. This is how much a million dollars is. Yeah, I need them to this do it. This is how like, much a billion dollars is. <laughs> I need them to do it in salt cubes. That, that is what, that's the visual concept of like, oh, shit, I got it. That's or a like, lot of cubes. You can tell me how much sugar is in a drink, but when you pile up some sugar in front of it, and you're like, fuck, I'm never drinking a Coca-Cola again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, it's half Just sugar. don't do Dr. Pepper because I actually <laughs> like drinking that. Yeah, or Mountain Dew. Yeah, I don't look at the Dr. Pepper yeah. ones. I don't need to know. I need to know, but I don't want to know. <laughs> so I'm just blind to that one. But with the Adam Schefter stuff, I think it's interesting. It, I mean, it, it definitely is in a sense, too, on like, is ESPN, 
you, you never want to say that about somebody, but it's like, is ESPN forever? I think so. I think they're too big to fail. For I mean, no, I'm not talking about the company itself. I'm talking about like working there. Like, did Adam Schefter view himself as like working at ESPN for the rest of his life? Or it's like, you know, you look at some of these other broadcasters where it's like, you know, making a change is never, is not, you know, sometimes it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's what Adam Schefter is or the rumors that are out there. It's just my own curiosity. It's like, is he ready for something else? Is he ready for a new chapter in his life? I think for a long he's been time, doing this. ESPN has been the top of the mountain for yeah. a lot of people. Like, okay, that's where I want to eventually be. But I think that could change with betting. To like, oh, shit, like, you know, five years ago, I didn't dream about being at Bet MGM because it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I knew it was a casino, but I didn't think I would be covering the NFL for yep. a casino. Yep. So I do think that it things can change. You know, Dan Patrick, when he left ESPN, people openly bashed him. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. It's career suicide. Why would you do that? Now I consume more Dan Patrick content than I ever have before. Yeah. And it's you know it's not him on hosting a sports center every day, so I, I I'm curious to see what happens if they don't land Schefter, like it, they're going to go after somebody else, a Tom Pelissaro, the Ian casinos, Rappaport. yeah, you yeah. know they're not just going to say oh shit we didn't get Rappaport <laughs> yeah. or we didn't get Schefter, Schefter nothing, so we're done for we're going somewhere else. But I I think there's a lot of money to be made from someone, not me. They just collect money from me if you're a casino, <laughs> but somebody's going to get in on that casino that gambling money i will say the only casino i won money at was bet mgm or yeah. was mgm yeah it uh, i think indiana is a betting state indiana's yeah i'm just not gonna look at it because you know i've failed yeah miserably the last time i gambled well it was kind of you got close though that's the <laughs> thing i shouldn't you shouldn't say miserably i, I failed lost everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i failed really closely which is still Failing. Yeah, I mean, an L's an L, that's for sure. I've faced a couple L's in my day. Um, Maybe more than I others, but... I haven't opened my app, but I did hear last night that you can't gamble on the Combine in Indiana. Which is kind of silly. Like, why can't you? Um, I th- I kind of get it. I think that the, the thought process behind it is you don't want to get to Indianapolis and talk to an agent and be like, hey, what's your guy running? How fast is he really? Yeah. And then you get here, and boom, you can place a bet, and you can win easy. That is it's kind of hard to dictate who's going to run what time. It's not that hard. Really? Especially if you know people. Oh, I meant in terms of, like, the Vegas books. Like, you're going to have to look at every player. Because like, usually they, like, when games and stuff, they have all these different things that kind of go into it. And I was like, okay, yep, this is the spread, yada, yada, yada. No, but With, they'll set, like, a 40 time, and you can go over, under. Yeah. I feel like that would be the hard part is looking at some of these guys and be like, uh, yeah, boom, here, don't know this guy. But so much of that information is out there, though, because, I mean, all you have to do is talk to an agent or somebody at a training facility. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be even be, like, the front desk clerk to be like, hey, I know Trey uh, Knox is running here or whoever. What's his 40 time? What's he, what's he clocking at? Figure it out for me. I give you $5,000. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, that's probably too much money, but... <laughs> There's ways to work around it. Is it legal? Like, I don't know. Is that considered insider information no, or trading or whatever? It's probably just morally wrong, which I'm 
I'm 100% okay crossing that Give one. me that money. <laughs> right. Um, let's get to some of our great sponsors and some of these mock drafts, too. Miners and Monroe in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Go visit them online if you're not a resident of Kansas or Missouri. You can find them at minersandmonroe.com. Use the code MikeDup10 and you will save yourself 10% off at checkout. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. You can visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And the best part about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout. So you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Put you and your family in a position to protect yourselves with Gunspot.com. All right, let's get to some mocking the mock drafts. This is a favorite of mine now. Looking at the mock drafts, not necessarily making fun of them, uh, but just looking at them and the differences that come. Uh, two of the big names, I, I think two of the biggest names in the mock draft, the NFL draft world, are Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah. And both of them have recently released mock drafts. And I think here's one thing that's really interesting, big country. We've been talking about how there's kind of a consensus that people are starting to fall in line with this whole, there's Evan Neal and then there's Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. And then there for a while, we were even pretty solid on that third pick was going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. Looking at these two mock drafts this morning, that is not the order at all. And in fact, Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jer- Jeremiah disagree on the top overall pick. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah released his mock draft, and he still has Evan Neal going number one overall. This was released um, about a week ago. So yeah. it's, a, it's a little dated now, but as of a week ago, he had Evan Neal going first overall. And like I said, a lot of people did. That was the common pick. It was starting to trend in that direction. And then this week, Mel Kuyper releases his pre-combine mock draft, and it has Iki Aquanu out of NC State, the offensive tackle, going first overall. This That was the first time I've seen him go first overall in in any mock yeah. drafts. And I, I like to keep tabs on the top guys. I'm not looking at some of the bottom or mid-tier mock draft guys anymore. But, I mean, for Mel Kuyper to come out and have him number one overall, it's it's pretty interesting, especially Evan Neal not working out this week at the Combine. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's the talk of today, anyways, just because he is online. He's 337 pounds. We he, tried to tell y'all. Yeah. That got, he didn't look that heavy. Nobody saw in person. Wait to see Charles Cross. Same type of body shape. It's insane. Those two guys are nuts. And Trevor Penning. Yeah, yeah. Which you see the width on that guy's knees. I hope they talk about it today at the combine. It is fucking boulders for shoulders on yes. Trevor Penning. And just a menace of an attitude. If I yeah. if I was a defensive end and I looked across and I saw that fucker, it'd be like, God help me. Yeah. Dear yeah. baby Jesus. <laughs> for all of them. Yeah. Charles Cross is not that like physically intimidating, but he's going to be a good athlete. I like him. He's he just falling. He has that look in his eye, like he's just want. He's just waiting to fuck, fuck somebody up, like respectfully. He's just like mm-hmm. fuck around, and find out. Like that's Try the me. look he gives yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Try me. See I'll put I you happen. on a cross, dog. Yeah, I like. Um, I like all four of those tackles. I for sure. And another thing about Aquanu here is, like you said, Mel Kuyper has him at number one. Daniel Jeremiah had him at number four to the Jets. I'm going to feel real bad for Jets fans if this is another type of player that they get real si- excited about through the draft process and they don't get. Because like looking at Jets Twitter the last couple of days, that's all they've been talking about. It's like, oh man, like could you imagine a Quanu coming here? And I think he just had like a uh, an interview too on uh, through here at the combine. He's like, yeah, I'm actually like a Broadway guy. Like I like some of these type of plays. And he went through I think like the Lion King, like some of the, all like, the oh, Wicked, really? the 101 Dalmatians. And he was like, yeah, I was actually a lead for 101 Dalmatians. I was like. Psh. 
It's cool. Dude's got some musical talent, I guess. No, he might I used to make fun of people like that. I, I shouldn't say me because I actually kind of respected it because I understood how difficult it was. But it was like, I remember people used to get made fun of for that. Remember that whole show Glee? Like, you're going to sing? What a loser. Join the football team. And the football player joins Glee and then he starts singing. It's kind of cool. If you could sing and play ball, Zach Efron, what's up? High School Musical. One of the coolest guys of all time. He's actually pretty cool. I used to hate him because all the girls liked him. Not me. I I love to tell stories on this podcast. I was talking to my daughters the day before yesterday, and my youngest daughter said there's a rule in her classroom that you can't disrupt the classroom unless somebody is, like, bleeding or injured or Zac Efron comes in the door (laughs) because her teacher has a big crush on Zac Efron. It's like that. Could you imagine if you did walk through the door? Your daughter would be like, uh. (laughs) Right? Is that Troy Bolton? Holy shit, that's Troy Bolton. Get your head in the game. Teacher, teacher, that's Troy Bolton. He's here. That's the guy. Um, But with these mock drafts, also impressive, guys. It seems like we have a consensus top four. Yeah. Looking at some of these drafts, um, the order is going to get mixed up. But like I said, Iki Iquanu, I think he's going to be up there. Both guys have have him top four. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, you can probably write that one in pen. He's going to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw a mock draft that didn't have him going to to the Lions. So I, that's a pretty solid one. Evan Neal, I still think, goes top three. I would honestly be surprised if he's not the top pick. And I like Aquanu a lot. I would be surprised if Evan Neal's not the top pick. And then the, the safety, Kyle Hamilton, uh, going number four. Yep. And I love this because a lot of people will talk about the safety position. And I go, oh, you can't draft those guys this high. Go look at some of these elite safeties and how they've changed defenses. If Kyle Hamilton can be close to that, then you take him at number four. Yeah. You know, guys like Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, can you imagine looking at them and being like, oh, I can't take them top ten because, you know, they play safety. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Kyle Hamilton will be those guys, but this isn't a very strong draft anyway. Yeah. Unless you need an offensive tackle or a pass rusher, those it's pretty strong there. But then after that, it falls off. Yeah, receiver not very strong, quarterback not strong at all. I think you can take Kyle Hamilton in this draft, and he's like okay. that free range safety who's not scared to hit either. So it's like, okay, hey, you got kind of a guy here who's jack of all trades in terms of a safety. If yeah. you are the Jets at four, that's kind of where you missed out on Jamal. You try to make it happen with Jamal Adams and Marcus May, right? And Jamal Adams clearly can't cover shit. But he can get after the quarterback. You know what I mean? And he's not as scared to hit. Marks May, he's got the back coverage. Can't stay healthy. Maybe just based off this last year. I, yeah, you might I say think a whole Kyle career. Hamilton. He's both of them. Kyle Hamilton's perfect to take away tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. He's six foot four, 220 pounds. Can fly. Yep. Has very good ball skills, too. Yeah. But I am, I love safeties. It's and one when of my you, favorite positions. And when field. you look at that division, you're going to need it. Like Buffalo, you know what I mean? You have Dawson Knox. He started to get better over his career. Uh, the New England Patriots, they got yeah. two tight ends right now. We just talked about Gusecki with the Dolphins. You shut down those guys, you pretty much stall out those offenses at, at a certain point. The Bills, well, not so much. But, field. You know, like a Tyron Matthew, but 6'4". Yeah. That'd be nuts. Yeah, I think that's what he can be, is Tyron Matthew, but 6'4". That versatile, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he can play in the slot. He can play single high. He can play linebacker if you need him to. Come and off the edge on blitz. Porch, Definitely going to do that. Yeah, he easily could do that too. I mean, he's a guy that I really like. I want to see. I want to see what he measures in. And I just said that he's six foot four. I want to see if that is official. Or yeah. if he's like, you see guys listed at six four sometimes. 
and they come at 6'2 and some change. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit different. If you're listed at 6'4, you've got to be 6'3 and some change. Going back to the offensive lineman real quick, you mentioned Trevor no. Penning. Daniel Jeremiah had him at 6 to Carolina. Mill has him at 18 to Baltimore. This is the first time I've seen Penny in the top 10. Yeah. Do you think he can go that high? I do. I think he's going to put on a show. Combine. I really like I'm him. Glad, I mean, and it's not like I've been talking highly of him ever since we saw him in Dallas, but still it's one of those things where it's like, this guy was projected as like, ah, late first rounder, middle first rounder, to top 10. Especially with, I mean, the Jaguars are going to take a tackle at one. Yeah. And then, you know, the Jets could take another tackle at four. The Texans could at three. Yeah. Especially so, if I mean, they go on that huge trade of yeah. get rid of everybody. Right. So, I mean, it's very likely that a guy like Trevor Penning could be a top 10 pick. And I know in Mel Kuyper's draft, he has some trading, um, projecting some trades. I could also see uh, like a run on edge rushers to where it pushes a guy like Trevor Penning down. But right, we could see four tackles go in the top ten. I think and just like you were laying it out. I mean, Jaguars take a tackle. Texans could take a tackle. Jets could take a tackle. Panthers could take a tackle. Yeah, and that was something they kind of missed out on last year, though. Hell, because the Giants Penny have Sewell... two picks. They could take a tackle. Yeah. I don't know that it would be a popular pick with their <laughs> fan base, but they could do it. Yeah, I mean, there's that clip of Matt Rule with the Panthers where he's sitting there talking about, like, you know, these are all the guys that we like. When we get to our spot here, the, the lines are right before us. They could take two or they could take a receiver. Now it's our pick. You know, we clearly like some of these corners, but an offensive, like, if an offensive lineman's there, we love it because it's an offensive lineman and it's what we need. So, like, you hear that clip, and it's like last year, I was like, okay, hey, you got Jesse Horn. You're good. Now go get your offensive lineman. You're still struggling to find a quarterback. I mean, it looks like you might just go another year with Sam Donald. But still, give him at least some type of protection. Help him out. And if you can't get a Trevor Penny there, I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Especially with that type of attitude. Yeah. Like, that'd be I, a nice change of pace you for You need one guy like that, at least, on your offensive line. Yeah. The ass kicker. I, was it this morning? I think he compared himself. He's like, I modeled my game after Taylor Lewan. Yeah. And, yep, I see it. Yeah, shit my pants, get some tattoos, and that's it. Yeah, he probably will once he gets that NFL money. Yeah. They don't have that kind of money in Northern Iowa. <laughs> I was going to say, he's got that Northern Iowa money, and that's right. zero. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah has the first quarterback coming off the board at pick 18. 18 with Kenny Pickett. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of Kenny Pickett even this morning in Indianapolis. Hand size came back at 8.5. Eight 8.5. And eight and that is smaller than my hand and your hand. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. I couldn't remember. We were 9 and something. I wasn't nine. Yeah, I think so. No shit? I don't think my hand was that big. We'll, we'll measure it later. I don't know okay. what to tell you. <laughs> uh, but Kenny Pickett with the eight and a half hand, small. I, it is a little bit, there like needs to be some context with that. Because like, he's got like a weird thumb that doesn't expand all the way. Yeah. It's like his hand is bigger than eight and a half, but it measures at eight and a half. I wonder if he saw that measurement. He's like, hell yeah, these thumb stretches worked. It paid <laughs> right? off. Whew, I got a whole half of an inch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a big difference maker. People don't realize that. Yeah, half an inch can change a life. They can. That's what change I Change a mood, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but with Kenny Pickett, I don't really care about the hand size thing. I don't it used to be an issue, but man, there was, used to be so many things about quarterbacks that you had to hit this certain criteria and hand size was one of them. But even guys like Joe Burrow have they have small hands. Daniel Jones, there's Daniel Jones had small hands, I believe. And it's the fumbling problems for him. But I think you can still have small hands and strong hands. Small hands doesn't mean that you have 
like ball security. Issue. No grip strength. I mean, that's something I've talked about uh, here in Jordan Palmer mentioned too. He's like, hey, I'm kind of doing my own little study here. There's like, I don't necessarily think it's a hand size. I think it's a grip strength. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm still collecting data over time. But he's like, eventually when that comes out, I think it's going to be kind of proven worthy. It's like, hey, these are the difference between some of these guys. Because you look at a Patrick Mahomes and a Joe Burrow, like, ah, I got smaller hands. No fumbling issues. Right. There's strength, though. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes' arms. Like, that dude loves to do arm workouts. His hands look strong as hell. You can say the I same thing the about way Joe you Burrow. hold the ball is different, too. Like, Kyler yeah. Murray, I don't think he has fumbling issues. He's small. I think he's got big hands, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I was saying it, and I think you're right. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, super strong arm, no fumbling issues. Yeah. I was just thinking of Russell Wilson, I mean, his, he's got massive hands, yeah, though. He, he's, he has a weird hands. His hands I don't know what my – I've been like, – this is going to sound super weird. I've been noticing hand sizes so much lately, and I don't know what it is. Like when I meet people and shake their hands, I'm like, man, that's a big hand. Or it's like, <laughs> and the same as high end as mine. Or like when I look at pictures of like a Russell Wilson holding the football, and it's like, dude, look how much his fingers just right. cover the football after going past the laces. You know if what you, I mean? If you just looked at Russell Wilson's hands, you would think he was six foot five. Like if you just saw a picture oh. of his hand on the ball, you'd be like, wow, there's a six foot five quarterback. Yeah. Very impressive. He is. He does. He has ginormous hands. It doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't know what happened there. But these the mock drafts are pretty fun. Uh, you can find them. Obviously, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com, releasing some of his, and then Mel Kiper at ESPN. And this is. I mean, it is draft season. A lot of talk about it. I think we're going to go try to watch some drills. Maybe even participate in a drill. <laughs> I just say keep your eyes on the TV, boys and girls. <laughs> Must see big country out there. Watch out. Streaking across the combine. No, no streaking. We don't want to see that. But it'll be like, is that fucking flash out there? Like, no, 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 no. Do you have a goal for your big country? Do you have a goal for your upcoming forty? Faster than last year. Ever eventually run it? Faster than last year. Five five two? That's the only goal. Yep. Yeah. I think it was five five six. My bad. I was gonna say you eventually you're gonna have to be like, I just got four five nine or four four nine. Five four nine, Jesus numbers. Yeah, I'd love to run in the five twos this year. It's probably what I should have fucking. Year? Last year I should have been in the fucking five, like low fives. Oh. That's how confident I wasn't last year. I got honey dicked out of it. I'm still annoyed about that. I just hope that you eventually do it. You've been talking about it. Now we're we're into March. It's combine day. I we just keep I keep going on these damn bachelor parties. They ain't doing nothing but hurting me. <laughs> right. I promise you that. I know. I get it. And it's like, oh, let's keep drinking. I was like, oh, I'm not going to say no to that. Just mm-hmm. uh, out the window with you guys. I'm really looking forward to it. Today is like the quarterbacks, tight ends. I'm ready for the throwing to start. Yeah. It's just fun to watch. I mean, we saw Kenny Pickett thrown yesterday in the hallway. I thought that was a little odd, but it is going to be interesting to see him throw at the combine. It's going to be nice to see Malik Willis. I mean, that's the name we haven't even mentioned yet. Um, in terms of going back to mocking the mocks, though, the mock drafts here, Kenny Pickett seems to be like the overall number one quarterback coming off the board. Granted, whether it's at 11 or 18 here with the Commanders at 11 and then the Saints at 18. Right. It like, does feel like he's kind of solidified mm-hmm. himself, which is weird because I felt like... But one thing I've noticed with both of them, Malik Willis to the Steelers. Oh, yeah. And I thought that Willis had a better senior bowl than Kenny Pickett. Oh, for sure. I mean, Mike. even with Mike Tomlin staring at the quarterbacks and standing there, he was eyeballing... Malik Wilson or uh, Willis, excuse me. Yeah, and he's he's made some comments about like, oh, it'd be nice to change it up and get a guy that can move around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's not Kenny Pickett. Like that's not who he's talking about. Yeah. And it does, sure as hell wasn't Big Ben, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I, even with the Steelers last year, 
as the draft got closer and closer, everybody kind of started to figure out, like, man, they're, they are going to take Najee Harris. Yeah. Maybe if you get Malik Willis, that's, it, that's interesting. Yeah. To go with Najee in the backfield? What number is he going to wear? Seven. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Just give it to No. Shit. They won't. They'll retire so. seven. They should. He won two Super Bowls for him. Yeah. Yeah. No losing seasons, I don't think, either. No, probably not. Yeah. Maybe early, early on his career, but. I don't think so, because like his rookie year, they the went Tomlin to the Super Bowl, didn't they? I don't remember. No, Bill Cowher drafted. Yeah. Yeah. But even like, yeah, went to the Super Bowl super early. Was it his rookie year or his second year? I, don't I think it was his rookie and they won it his second year. They went to the AFC Championship. They went deep into the playoffs because he asked Jerome Bettis to come back another year. He said, come back next year yeah. and we'll take and we'll do it. And he did. And Bettis retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll retire his number, as they should. I don't like him. He's probably a piece of shit, but you'd probably retire that number. Would you be number five for Pittsburgh? I feel like your number depend would change. I feel like for me, my number choice would change depending on what team in the jersey. Like the number font. Like number three for the Broncos actually was pretty dope because I like their font. Like that's Drew Locke's number three. I actually like that. With the Chiefs, you look at three. I'm not having a three for the Chiefs. It looks hideous. It still pisses me off that Harrison Buckter were seven for the Chiefs. I actually kind of like it. No, I don't like a quarterback wearing that number. Seven? Yeah, not for the Chiefs. Wow. I don't feel like that's a quarterback number. And then the reason I say that is because I've made so many damn Madden quarterbacks and wore number seven. It's like I'm tired of seeing it. I like seeing it on a kicker. Change of pace. If I can't wear it as a quarterback for the Chiefs, no one's going to. Or now defensive backs even. Yeah, that would be cool. It's hard for me to even remember the rule, like who actually can wear seven. I think pretty much everybody except for offensive linemen. Can defense linemen wear single-digit numbers? I don't know. Because, like, Evan Ingram Ingram wears 24. Huh? Ingram wears 24. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if the rule is there. It would be cool to see a big-ass defensive tackle wearing five. Mm -hmm. Was it Derek Brown at Auburn that did it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a guy that I haven't heard a lot about. I think he's doing okay in Carolina, just not getting talked about because they can't win freaking football games. It's like Vita Vea with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You didn't hear anything about him his first couple right, of years. And yeah, then all of a sudden you get Tom Brady and it's like, fuck, Vita Vea, man, this guy's a menace. Look That's out. The best defensive lineman in the Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, he's actually been doing this for a little while now. <laughs> but nobody talks him and about Joe him. McCoy, not that bad. Now, I'll tell you one place that everybody is talking about is Club 609 in Missouri, home of the best happy hour in all of the universe, not just the world. Nation, almost, would you say nation? Is it in that part of the nation? Uh, Yes, I would say that it is the best happy hour in the nation. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. If you're in that Joplin area, you got to get there. I don't know what you're waiting for. I've been talking about it for years. Club 609, Joplin, Missouri, happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock with their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. Yeah, can we, uh, is there like the best car shop in the world? I don't want to be like that guy, but like I've been to some car shops because I've had some cars that freaking suck. You know, I've had a truck just break down on me in the middle of Springfield, scared, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> had to have my dad come pick me up, drive the truck all the way home, couldn't hit the brakes. To talk about driving through traffic and you can't hit the brakes, that dude's just the truck the whole time. Got it home safely. You. Then we went to Roper Key and I got myself a new car, which was nice. But After the thing is, experiencing like, driving with you to Indianapolis, I don't know if it was a car problem. The transmission went out, dog. That's not my fault. Did you change the oil? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, uh, I took care of that. I took care of that. Were... The truck. Nah, that was one time. And you were... <laughs> I'm not even going to mention what you're talking about because it was disrespectful. 
But <laughs> it's another one of those things where we look at these car shops. Like, I've been to some. Not the nicest people in the world. But downtown Lou, Marquette and the boys, pretty damn nice. Yeah. Except when was, you get Shannon trying to scare you. That's the only other thing. I but. was actually talking to one of our friends about it the other day. And he's like, I have to go get my oil changed. So I'm going to have to spend like an hour and a half at Walmart. And I'm like, dude, you got to take it to downtown Lou. Yeah. In and out, like 15 minutes. That's not even a lie either. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've. I've told the story before. I dropped my truck off to get my oil changed. By the time we get back to the office, like, hey, you're good to go, man. Just come pick it up. I was like, well, I just got settled back in in the office, so see you once the show's I'm embarrassed done. to say that I used to take my vehicles to Walmart for oil changes. Yeah, same. Because I would. I'd pull in. It was going to be an hour and a half. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to take but my even time like, grocery shopping. I started taking my cars to Walmart, and I just thought that it took an hour. I thought that was the time that you needed to get your oil changed. <laughs> and then other people, and you know, our guy at Downtown Lube, Right, just bring your truck there. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in that little lobby for an hour. Yeah. Like an hour. Why would you ever sit in the lobby for an hour? It's like, well, at Walmart, I can like go do my shopping. Yeah. No, at Downtown Loop, you're in and out like 15 minutes. Yeah, and they pride themselves on that, you know, and it's awesome. They, they do specialize in more than just tires and lube. So be sure to visit their website at downtownloop.com. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change. I'm probably going to need my change once we get back from Indianapolis. That's where I'm taking it. So, Downtown Loop. All right, it is NFL Combine Week, weekend. Yes, sir. Weekend, and uh, there are a lot of fun events. You know, you have the gauntlet drill with the receivers. You have the three-cone drill, which you can almost look at it and directly correlate success in terms of sacks to the three-cone drill. If you can bend, if you can run, uh, we're going to get the 40 time. You're getting some of the bench press numbers out already. So everybody knows these drills. I wanted to talk about combine for average people because yeah. this is this is a giant interview it's a job interview that they're going through and what would it look like if we did a combine but for just like a regular job like if i were you know teaching and they're like hey by the way mr miller get ready for the combine you don't need to run a 40 as a teacher but we're going to see how fast you can change that ink toner and the Ooh. printer because you've got a class starting soon. How quickly can you print off your lesson? <laughs> right? How fast can you write one? Because I tell you, that is a process. Writing a lesson? A lesson? lesson you, don't just, you don't just write down talking science. Yeah, we mean, talk in chromosomes, dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, and they come in your classroom and they're like, Mr. Miller, your lesson plan just says food chain. Yeah. But your students are just eating a snack. Like, yeah, but they're learning about yeah. the food chain. Like you're the top of the food chain. That first night didn't Writing, seem to change. Writing lesson plans is one of the dumbest things that teachers have to do. Do you have to be like real descriptive about it? Very detailed. You have to have times down. What? Mm-hmm. Depending on your school district. Do they even look at district. it or is it just like, well, in case someone asks? Sometimes they don't. Oh, so it's like, such hey, a waste of time. In. By Monday at 8 a.m., like when school starts for that week, you have to have your full lesson plan for the entire week. You do this every week? Every week for every day. F that, dude. So Monday you have to have a plan. Tuesday you have to have a plan. But here's the thing. If your plan doesn't go to plan on Monday, you're supposed to change it. So if your lesson doesn't go exactly the way that it's supposed to on Monday, spoiler alert for any future teachers, it will never go to plan. I was going to say, uh, this show doesn't so you have go to just change it. You have to change it on Monday. You're just like, well, got to throw that one out the window. That's not how things work anymore. <laughs> but I do think that there are a lot of events. Um, being able to print off lesson plans, make sub plans if you're a teacher. 
changing the paper in the printer, I think, is one that is for all jobs. Yeah. I feel Especially, like I'm pretty good at it. I took it, pride in that on my job in Kansas City. It was like, we're out of paper. It's like, I'll be right back. Is there anything more stressful than being like a new employee somewhere, though, and being like, oh, there's no paper? <laughs> yeah. Like, for step one, where do you keep the paper? Because yeah. I don't know. Well, their thing was is they just kept empty boxes of paper all over. So it's <laughs> like, it should be right here in the paper box. It's empty. Yeah. Like, hey, like, where's the paper at? And it'd be like, uh, over there with the other paper. Like, the boxes are empty. And they're like, oh. Then we're out of paper. I was like, or we are like, a corporate company who needs paper. Where's Michael Scott? Uh-huh. Or the paper will be stored in like some closet somewhere. It's like, oh, it's you know, a couple doors down in the closet. Yeah, go upstairs and paper. get it. It's like, great. So I'm the big guy. I'm going to bring an extra box to help you ladies out. Uh-huh. And then when I'm sweating and breathing hard, you'll be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Just got to get the paper. Uh-huh. And then you have to figure out which tray does it go in. That's stupid too. Like, You don't, you don't get asked what tray you're printing from <laughs> when you print. But you can put different types or, of paper in each really tray. Or you know what's really frustrating is when they're like, oh, no paper. Tray four is empty or whatever. And you're like, which one is fucking tray four? I don't know. And you open up a tray and it's loaded with paper. Yeah, and then you but like one, two, and three have paper. <laughs> four doesn't. You got to refill it. The printer's right, like, like, hey. Why can't you just start over and give me paper from $30,000 printer, no paper in tray four. You ain't getting shit. Mm-hmm. Or having to send a uh, like a fax to people, like re- college recruiting day. Oh. For some reason, we still send facts to people. I had to do that a couple of times, and it was that was the most stressful thing I had to do because it was like you have to call this number. It was like, what do you mean call? This is a printer, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. This is a fax machine. I messed it up real bad one time and put in my own phone number, my cell phone number. It's like <laughs> this number is not reachable or whatever. I'm like, the fuck? It is too. It's my number. <laughs> also, how did you come up with a fax machine before you did cell phones? Right. Like that's an incredible thing. Like, I'm going to send this piece of paper copy. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand how that works. Because what's it being sent It's through? a physical email. <laughs> yeah. Like, cell phones, like, yeah, like, send you a text message, goes up to the satellite, boom, comes back down. What's up with all these satellites? Inside joke. But with the fax machine, is there a fax machine satellite floating around the Earth? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a decent <laughs> question. I don't know. Because if I send a fax machine from here to Kansas City, what path does that son of a gun taken? Do you know what I think would be another really important event for the Combine? And you could time it. It's typing. Typing is very important. Oh, yeah. I'm a decent typer. Like putting your words per minute down. I'm not. I'm Mistakes? A can you, you get the backspace? Is that backspace button available? I don't remember. Some, hey, some typing test, it's not. Here's a, here's a fun story. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, <laughs> I had to take a typing class. And I was playing basketball at the time, freshman basketball. And I was not doing well in this typing class. And the coach comes up and he's reading kids, like the names of the kids who aren't going to be eligible. Like, hey, you got to fix your grades or you won't be eligible. Yeah. My name was on the list because of a typing class. It's called Keyboarding 101. <laughs> and I had a D you had in a the class. D in keyboarding? I had a D in Keyboarding 101. Did you even find D on the keyboard, didn't you? Idiot? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> no, this teacher was. She would. She wiped all the letters off the keyboard, all of them. Oh. And I'm a little older than you, so it's a little bit different. Like I was exposed to the internet and like keyboards a, pretty early, but it was still a new thing. Like, yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time on a computer. Yeah, same. Uh, but me and a couple other kids, we had a D. Like I remember, keyboard. I had I've had keyboarding class since I was in like third grade. So I've See, been, freshman year was my first one. So actually. that makes sense, and actually, mm-hmm. Uh, Freshman in high school was the first year you did keyboarding? As a class, yeah. Like we had experienced a little bit with computers. Yeah. 
We played Oregon Trail. We could finger punch some buttons. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Finger punch a lot. Uh, but I had a D, and the coach pulls us aside. There are like three or four of us, I think. And he's like, How in the hell do you boys have a D in keyboarding? It is typing. You look at the book and you punch the letters. How? And thankfully, one of the seniors, like, actually, coach, that's a really tough class. Like, you have to do it within a certain time frame. Like, if you get behind a little bit, it's tough. There were four of us with a D in keyboarding. And it wasn't even like I was super, like, slacking off. It's like, yeah. I was trying. I just wasn't expecting Taking my time. Shit, I'm trying know? to learn, trying to process all this information. It's <laughs> a life skill. Just saying, hey, here's a book. Type the things that are in the book. Teach me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, keyboarding. Though. I can't remember the, the program. I did get my used. grade up, by the way. Good. That's good to hear. Um, you're still After an awful type. Talk to the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing that I think would be a good combine event for normal people is carrying bags. This this includes like backpacks, everyday life. Well, traveling, grocery shopping bags. You come in back from Walmart. I'm making one trip from my parking garage to my apartment. Yeah. I've had a jar of pickles fall out and break as I walked onto the elevator. I left them because <laughs> I had my hands full. I can't, in I mean, the elevator or? Uh, on the way into the elevator. So it shattered. I had pickle juice inside the elevator. Slipped walking out on my floor. Mm-hmm. Came back down and cleaned it up. I'm a responsible human being, so no worries there. No need to be concerned. But when I came back down, that entire lobby reeked of pickle juice, <laughs> as it should have. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, shit. I had to use my own broom and dustpan, of course. Yeah. So it still smells like pickles. Yeah, when I go to sweep, I'm like, oh, sweeping up some pickle juice still. Yeah. Uh, Other jobs, like everyday jobs, it's hard for me because I guess it's a little bit of a humble brag. I haven't had a real job in like a a while. I've been out of teaching for two years now. Oh, but even like, teaching is such a weird like I don't I wouldn't say that it's a normal job. <laughs> don't tell some teachers that. Why? My teachers would get pissed off in school. It's just, teaching it's, the future of America. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know it's one of the most important jobs in the world, but it's not like other jobs. Yeah. You're not on a construction site. Right. Sweating or freezing your butt off. But at the same time you're dealing with, I mean, thirty students in your classroom. I think it's probably the most stressful job in America. That would be difficult. Outside of maybe the president. I feel like I'd be a really good PE teacher. If you had to have me structure a class, that would be so aggravating. I would be so annoyed. I'd be like, Timmy, shut up. I would tell a student to shut up. (laughs) I know I would. (laughs) Well. Pretty quickly. Unless you have a really good coaching record. We would win. That's (laughs) all we do at this. That's what we do at this school is win. Well, if I've asked you to be quiet 20 times and you're still talking, maybe I would. I wouldn't tell them to shut up because then I would be scared. I'd be scared of being fired. Mm -hmm. There would be a lot of kids in the hallway. I'll tell you, getting that call from your principal, like, hey, come talk to me when you have a minute. You had a parent call. Like, fuck, what did they say? (laughs) What I say? Like, I swear, I don't cuss in the classroom, so that's not it. What did I do? You just did a really good job. Mm -hmm. My son is having a great time in your class. You know what, though? Sometimes that is the call, and it's it's a big relief. It's Whew. also stressful because you'll just get like an email or like a call over your intercom, and like, hey, when you get a minute, come see me. Like on your plan period, come see me. And you're like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes they'll tell you like, hey, need to talk to you about a parent phone call you got. But sometimes you walk in and like this parent loves you so much, 
They were talking all this great stuff about you. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Most of the time it's, hey, this parent complained about you watched this movie and it said bitch in it or something. I don't know. Did you do that? Um, yeah, we watched 8 Mile. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It's rated R. Yeah. <laughs> it said fuck twice, but like, it's fine. Uh, I, not me personally, but there were there was another teacher who got in trouble uh, because they watched uh, on like one of those like reward days or whatever. Mm-hmm. They watched I think it was Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, that's a and good a movie. Parent called in and was like, "Why? Why are you even wasting time? Like, if that's all you're going to do is watch movies all day, I'm not even going to send my kid." It's like it was a reward because they met like their goal on a test or something. <laughs> they got to watch a movie. Do you have to have that conversation as a teacher with who? The parent. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Just, I mean, is the principal sitting right parent. there to kind of like monitor the call? Or are you sometimes on your own? Sometimes get called in. Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a phone call. And it's like your principal will sit in Okay. with you. I feel like if the principal's sitting there, it's just like, shit. It's like, oh, this guy. I'm sorry, man. Just answer her questions. Tell her it's fine. I'll talk to her later. Yeah. Sometimes. Parents, parents and principals. I'm going to be a cool parent. They'll run like, psh, call teacher, I'd, like, hey, doing a great job. Teacher combine, how well you can blow a whistle. Ooh. Got to get them kids I've always the wanted to do that. As a, there was one time our teachers let us do it, like, blow the whistle. And I was like, let's go. She brought in new whistles for each student. So, like, say, every day you got to, like, ever. you got to do it. I used to have students ask if they could do it. I'm like, you cannot touch my whistle. Yeah. No one touches this. I whistle. always wanted to sit there and do the yo-yo thing when they flick it around their finger. Mm-hmm. Love that. I was like, oh, just let me see the whistle I can do Until that. Until you just... accidentally hit a kid that's running by. Well, I'm so sorry, so sorry. Don't tell your mom. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Ah, <laughs> it's not that Got a whistle mom. imprint on the side on, the, on your forehead. <laughs> I've had other teachers ask me before, too, like, oh, I have recess duty. Can I use your whistle? I'm like, mm, no, can't find it, actually. Even though I know exactly where it is. Yeah. No, you cannot use my whistle. Is that weird to you? Yeah, that'd be like saying, hey, hey can I use your straw? Yeah, I guess. You put your lips around that thing and blow. Hey, yeah, it's not like you're just licking it, though, or like sticking your tongue inside of it, you weirdo. That's not how you whistle? No. <laughs> what? But it's still, it's the germs from inside your mouth. Yeah. And you're breathing it through a whistle. Just buck up, dude. The inside of your lips. You might as well kiss that person. Yeah. I'm a lover, not a fighter, dog. You're weird. Other combine <laughs> I'm not events. sharing a whistle either. I got a ref for this alumni tournament coming up probably. I ain't sharing my whistle. Other combine events for average workers? Refill, <sighs> like, uh, stocks. That's what I was going to say. Like, stock up the stuff. Have you seen that girl on TikTok who yeah. shows, like, oh, I'm going to refill my fridge today? No. It's like, what the Fuck. Organization skills? Yeah, and like she, she's literally got a container in the fridge for like everything, and she restocks it. That's what you It do. is one of the most satisfying TikTok videos I've ever watched. You walk in, she's got millions of followers on it. And it's just a table with a bunch of random shit on it. So you have 30 seconds to organize this, make it look good. Go. Ding. I'm stressing out. Where do I start? I don't know. What, what do I grab first? Mm-hmm. I'm well, not going to just grab something and go. I got to, which one am I grabbing first? You know, I the value thing that I am good at that I still do is uh, spreadsheets. You are very good at spreadsheets, good actually. At spreadsheets. I, very, I genuinely appreciate how good you are at spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing with spreadsheets is I get mixed up on do I organize this from the left side or the top? You know what I mean? Like from the side or the top. And then it's like, should have done it the other way. I messed yep. up. Because I, I can't picture it in my mind on how I need to do it. But when I see someone else that has a successful spreadsheet, it's like, thank you. Yeah. This uh, is nice. 
You incorporate a couple colors in there. Yeah. Color coordination, spectacular. Mm-hmm. You are a spreadsheet master. That's probably what my best, like, normal, average Joe working job would be. What would you say mine is? I don't think I know mine. Um, one of these days, we'll find a strength for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was not the answer I was expecting. Feelings are hurt. <laughs> but we don't, we don't have, like, the regular day-to-day jobs either, though. Yeah. What do you have to do for a podcast? Just come in and read what you've wrote down and go get my own input on it and be like, okay, I'll go find this tweet, read some comments on it, find out some more information, do my research. I feel like I'm really good at finding answers. Really? Like research, yeah. If a teacher was like, hey, this is an open book test, 100%. As it should have been, but like successfully find like in getting extra details. There was like someone just read like the one line and was like, "Okay, this is the answer." I would read the line and keep going. And be like, "All right, here's more information." Or like, <laughs> this is gonna sound silly. Like in library class, like in high, like when you get in high school, they want you to still learn, like be able to understand how to move around the library or search information that you're looking for. Yeah, I was because really, you definitely need that as an adult. Well, it it actually was helpful because it was like if someone has a question, like you need to be able to know like how you can ask it online to get the answer. Now it's you can ask it any way you freaking want. People uh-huh. was like, I get it, you moron, here's the answer. But I was very good at doing that and getting it. I hate making phone calls. I would be very bad at that. If they were like, hey, do a demonstration phone call on calling this customer. <laughs> nope, I'll send them a text, though. Or email. <laughs> I had to, for an interview one time, I had to do a, a mock email. They gave me a situation. This was for teaching again, but I think it's applicable to other professions. And they said, you have the, here's your situation. This is what happened. Type up an email to a parent. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's a good interview question. Yeah. It made me super nervous. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there like, are they judging me because I can't type very well? <laughs> yeah. I always – There's my no thing spell with emails. check on the computer. I'm like, fuck, probably spelled that word. I psych like myself out on if I'm too business formal or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, I see other people like, oh, you know, like circling around back to this, like – Oh, in regards, in regards to this to or that, to. yeah. And for me, it's like, like okay, I'm just going to say in regards to it. And it's like, other than that, it's like, I just want to be like, hey, man, like, did you see my last email or not? Yes or no? Just <laughs> right. give me I a call. I start an email with, yo, good to talk to you. I would love to say that. Like, yo, dog, what's up? Hope your day's going great. Just wanted to check back in on what I called you about a couple of days ago. Just my first email will be pretty boring professional lingo. Mm-hmm. After that, message two, message three. Now we're just having a normal conversation. Are you allowed to throw in an LOL or ha-ha in an email? I probably not the guy to ask. I think it depends on the setting. I do. Yeah. Or I would it, like to. Like in an email, like I like to sound like a joke and be like, ha-ha at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh, uh, recently were asked to submit some photographs of ourselves. Yes. For radio. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. For OnlyFans. And uh, I I sent a joke. I was like, oh, LOL, like I'm really not uh, take pictures of myself kind of guy. Yeah. So here's one of me in a cowboy hat. Tuesday afternoon, selfie. What's up, bitch? <laughs> right. Uh, so that's uh, average combine jobs. Yeah. Are there any other ones that you can th- – I feel like there's something obvious that I'm missing. Yeah. How to make coffee I think is important in a lot of offices. Nah, not anymore with Akira. You just throw the thing in there and mm, press see, the button. This is, I don't, I'm not a coffee guy, so I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I feel like cleaning, maybe? Cleaning is a big one that should be near the top. Like, how detailed are you in your cleaning? Are you a lazy cleaner? 
Or you're going to get that little extra grime that's on the counter, kind of in the back corner that no one's setting anything on. Yeah. But, but most, I feel like most places probably hire out the cleaning services now. As they should. Because mm-hmm. if your job is not to clean, the last thing you want to do is clean. Yeah. And you're going to half-ass it. Yeah. And then somebody's getting mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know uh, on the Twitter um, jobs that you have that you would be good at in a combine setting. Right? <laughs> Different little ones. I, I like the the paper one. is very relevant. To me. Did you see Brooks' message? I did not. How fast do you eat lunch? <laughs> Fucking winner, bub. Man, you are a very fast eater. How fast Again, did I eat that sandwich last night? By the way, I don't even. I tried to take. I, I tried to take it. my time. And whatever. I tried to take my time eating it. <laughs> oh, really? Maybe not. That? I guess not. <laughs> that's your that's your response. And clearly, I did a bad <laughs> I job. I thought it was of pretty it. fast. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll tell you again. Not to make this a, a teacher podcast, there needs to be a lot of education reform. <laughs> I used to have to eat lunch in ten minutes. I think that's why I eat so fast, dude. As a, a fifth grade teacher, I would have to walk my class down to the cafeteria. So, like it's lunchtime, you're not supposed to leave super early. I'd have them down to the cafeteria, have to walk back. If I had something to heat up, it's like good luck. I'm not finishing that today. So I had to then get my lunch get it ready, eat it, and then still have time to get back to the cafeteria. And my class only had 20 minutes for lunch. It's like I'm trying to do all this. The maximum amount of time I could have had for lunch is 20 minutes. Jeez. That's too fast. It is. It's trying to be a student. Like you're in the back of the line. You're like trying to teach them like healthy practices. Like, oh, make sure you chew up your food really well. You want to don't eat too fast. It's bad for digestion. And then you get in the school system and like fucking eat in twenty minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember lunch. Oh, you didn't finish it? No recess. <laughs> I don't mean this to come off political. But when Michelle Obama came in the office, lunches were fucked, dude. We hated that school. Oh yeah, I was like, great. Now I don't get two crispitos. I get one. Mm-hmm. I gotta wait for seconds. Never mind. There's not enough because you want to let them order more. <laughs> Jerk. And they limited the amount of like salt and sugar and butter they could use and. Yeah, lunches used to be really good as a kid. I'd love eating it. And then it was like, okay, we have less time. There's less food. You have to hurry up and eat. I was teaching get in when and get it out. went away. And it was noticeably different. It's like, oh, shit, there's, there's salt in this again. What's up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to school through the whole Obama administration. School lunches, not good. And I didn't get to take my lunch because mom was like, don't have time to do it. I look at my little siblings once I graduated. They got to take their lunch every day. I think there's a lot of resentment there. From- there is some because I watched all my other friends. Oh, a lot. I always wanted to take my lunch to school and I never got to. <laughs> wanted to be a cool kid. I didn't get to be one. I can remember being young in like kindergarten and people saying like, oh, like you would see other kids bringing their lunches. I'm like, mom, I want to take my lunch. Yeah. She's like, you get your lunch for free at school. You're not taking your lunch. Not paying that five dollars so you can carry a lunchbox in like all the other kids. Your lunch is free at school. Eating a school lunch. So my mom actually said the same thing. It was like, why buy me a lunchbox at the beginning of school? Hmm? Why did I have to stress in this aisle at Walmart on which lunchbox I wanted, red, blue, or green? And I don't even get to take it. Yeah, right. You let me take a, a dull heather gray one, and it just sits on top of the fridge. Adam, a little bit of breaking news at the end of the show here. Adam Schefter just tweeted out that the NFL and NFLPA have agreed to suspend all aspects of the joint COVID protocols effective immediately. So COVID protocols are gone in the NFL. It's pretty wild since they were trying to 
keep all these players in the bubble for the combine. Yeah. And then you get here, and it's like we find out that it's open to the public. And like yeah. Tickets that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is it like, makes no sense at all. I way. might be running the 40 today. <laughs> yeah. And all I have is gray Nike sweat shorts. And some Penny Hardaway socks on. Yes, sir. Shaquille O'Neal's on the other. All right. Let's end the show here. <laughs> we thank you guys for joining us today live from Indianapolis. We are going to try to put on a show for you tomorrow. Watch the Twitter sphere and find out when. But we do appreciate you joining us today for this episode. We will be trying to come back tomorrow. If not, we'll be back on Monday. Don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show, Roper Kia. Check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mic'd Up, they'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Thanks again for joining us on this beautiful Thursday.